Hello, this is Jim the Keys Bartender with the Keys Bartender Podcast, a podcast about bartending and Keys life. And uh, today I wanted to talk about, uh, before I talk about this and contextualization, contextualization, that's all I'm going to say it once, hopefully. I'll only have to say it once and only have to stumble across that word. But during my uh, time off, I like to unwind by taking my mind out of all those multiple things it's tied up with, whether it's the podcast, uh, I should say family first, my wife, daughter, friends, uh, work, bartending, uh, spinning, podcasting, doing my notary stuff, and other family things that go on. So... I like to do that, and my escape is either I'm reading or I'm watching comedy, some history uh, things, and sometimes horror. That's the way I like to do it, and a good, maybe a good drama every so often. While I was watching this show, I like, like a good comedy, and there's this actor in it called Paul Walter Hauser. He was the star of the movie uh, Richard Jewell. He was a security guard during the Atlanta Olympics that was accused of placing that bomb there. And it turned out he wasn't the one. It was a Clint Eastwood movie. And he, he did an excellent job in there. And then he was in another uh, limited series called uh, Blackbird about a serial killer. And then I mentioned that he's in comedies or uh, intimidated, intimated that, not intimidated, intimated, that he was in comedies. And he's primarily in comedies. So he was in, uh, so he was in Richard Jewell. He was in Blackbird. He was in I, Tanya, He was in the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt TV show and a bunch of other comedy shows. And his manner is kind of disassociative on the spectrum guy. Now, in the movie Richard Jewell, he's... Slightly, you can tell the guy's slightly on the, on the spectrum. He doesn't look you in the eyes when he talks to you. He has an uncomfortable manner. But he plays that character pretty much in every show that he's in. And it's depend, it depends on the backstory on how that character is. So Richard Jewell, you feel kind of sorry for him. He, he's somewhat socially anxious and and you know just one of those things he's not quite uh, good with dealing with people or just making a, a comfortable connection with people but then you see him in a sh uh, show called Blackbird where he's a serial killer he plays the same person same exact person almost except a little tinge of darkness there yeah serial killer killer women really really dark shit but the character isn't much different in uh the movie uh i tanya he's one of uh he's galuli's associate i forget the guy's name in it but he's a bumbling idiot right straight up bumbling idiot and he plays him pretty much the same way and it depends on the context of this character's backstory that makes you know how to feel about him. So in Richard Jewell, you feel as if he's being uh, misidentified 
There's a great injustice, injustice going on there. And Blackbird, you know he's the serial killer they're trying to get evidence on. Now I'm giving this away if you didn't see Blackbird and stuff like that. But it's not. It's not. They know he's a serial killer. That's running through the whole story and how they catch him. And that's that's the story unrolling. So you don't really like him that much. He can kind of get you to like him a little. But he's still, that's what serial killers do. You know, otherwise, if serial killers were completely unlikable at all times, how would they attract their victims, right? And in I, Tanya, he's just this bumbling idiot. You kind of feel sorry for, but you know that he can cause people harm because he has no scruples. But that doesn't really come across in the in the character, the way he behaves. And in the show, the comedy show I was watching, he's just a straight out, straight up wealthy idiot. That's him. And in all these scenarios, it depends on what he's doing, what's the primary thing that makes him, whether you like him or not like him or something like that. And people forget that they're pretty much the same character he's playing each time. Now, I haven't seen the myriad of shows he's done. He looks like he does, he's done upwards of 40 TV shows and movies. Pretty prolific for a guy with one character. And I'm not complaining about the guy. I'm not insulting. Great for him to pull for that. Look at Paulie Shore or Jamie Kennedy. They they always did that. And and people like uh, Chris Elliott. They're, they're one character and he painted them up at different people in every movie. Comedy guys do that a lot. Jim Carrey did it for a while. He got typecast, kind of a silly, silly guy in each one. Except when he broke the role, he played against his character. So the way I'm going to put this into the bar is you got to put all the conditions in to know what you're really doing. When someone comes into the bar... And they're irritable and rude and obnoxious. It doesn't mean that that person's generally irritable, rude, and obnoxious. It just means at that time, under those conditions, we don't know what happened. I know how I come across after I've had, let's say you had a couple challenges in the same limited time frame. And then the next person you meet after you had that, they're going to feel that angst. So when someone's coming in a bar and they just, they their car, they just found out the car, uh, there's a $1,200 bill for the car. No, first of all, they shouldn't be coming to a bar, right? Maybe, you know, save a little money. But, and they may have problems with the relationship, maybe problems with their work. And generally feeling crappy. You're not going to be able to, the first time you're meeting them, you're really not meeting that person, are you? You're meeting a person who had car problems, girlfriend problems, and uh, work uh, work problems. And that's a different person. So if I reflect back on the two young gentlemen that came in, on they were the last two guys, two people at the end of the night. And one of them was acting kind of like a, let's put it plainly, like a jerk off. That doesn't mean he is all the time. First of all, he was drinking. Second of all, it was late at night. Third of all, I was seeing him through my 
perception of, you know, I just want to get out of here. I don't have to deal with anybody that's having any difficulties today. To put the whole situation in perspective, I'd have to see the guy maybe two other times. I mean, one other time would say, hey, there's a slight propensity. He's still acting like a jerk off. Third time, not the same night. Now, let's say he's face. Third time, that's when he's behaving. That's what he's like when he's drinking. You know, that's if he's behaving that way, that's the way he's like when he's drinking. But the one time you meet him, to put someone in that category, I've had people who I've put into the Karen category, where I, a person came up and says, listen, I'm, I have, um, I need gluten-free menu. I can't have gluten. I have that, um, that thing that people have that's a gluten intolerance. And I have a tendency to forget that word because it is very rare in people. It really is. So, uh, this person got really upset when I made a joke about being, they said they were gluten intolerant. I said I was, in gluten, I was to- intolerant of the Amish. And fortunately, my Amish audience will not be offended because the Amish audience should not be listening to a podcast, should they? Unless they're on their rumspringing. You know, the rumspringing is when the Amish people, when they're young and they can go out and do whatever they want. Or the formerly Amish or something like that. They may be, but if they're formerly Amish, they're not going to be. Well, there's the context right there. I said that about uh, I was being Amish intolerant, which I'm not. I'm not Amish intolerant. That was more of a joke. But the person picked it up when I did it. The woman who was uh, said she was gluten intolerant and she was offended and she got upset and she started being vociferous, uh, loud about not liking that comment. And I said, wow, she's acting a bit of uh, the B word, right? A buffoon. You thought I was going to say bitch, but I mean, if she was acting like a buffoon. And I thought, wow, that person is, is, is in this category. They're locked into it. And then over the next five, six years, I quickly, quickly over the next multiple encounters, found out this person wasn't like this at all. Matter of fact, they weren't gluten intolerant because afterwards they were ordering cheeseburgers and things with bread and all that stuff. And they weren't asking, they weren't, this person was not asking for a gluten-free menu. So they weren't gluten intolerant. I was kind of correct in that case, but that wasn't about being right. Well, the reason I mentioned it is that it put the person in the wrong category. So when people get angry and they're upset and they're, they're under stress, they behave differently. So sometimes it would be kind of good for us if we just say, hey, listen, I just met this person one time. As long as you're not doing anything completely rude, violent, evil, and it's just a behavior, a, a minor behavior flaw, meaning they're irritable, maybe slightly obnoxious, maybe a downer, maybe sad. That could be the, the time to contextualize something. Here, I said it twice. And that means put it all in perspective. They may be having a bad day. We all can't have good days, right? And it does bleed through. And I've done this. I've done 
uh, all those podcasts, there are days you can see, boy, Jim doesn't sound exactly the same as he did the other day. Today, today he sounds happy, and but that other day, he just seemed down and negative. Well, it's all right to give that to people sometimes. I wouldn't live in that situation. I would not suggest to live in that situation. I would try to do something to kind of get yourself out of that attitude thing. But it's all right. It's all right to be there. And it's all right for people to behave that way. So I would suggest be open when you meet someone the first time that that time, if the person isn't hitting all the benchmarks of a decent person, it may not be who they really are. So give them a little leeway. Okay, it's time to move on. And as I said, it's lobster mini season. And this past weekend, we noticed the uptick, uptick in, let's say, visitors down here. There was a lot of traffic, a lot of people coming down here. And I haven't been, you know, you, you hear every time I talk about the podcast, I'm talking here, a beautiful, sunny, uh, and hot Key Largo. Key Largo. It's hot all in the south now, but... Um, but since my girls left on June 19th, now it's July 26th, they're coming back in two weeks, two weeks from yesterday. The We had trace amounts of rain in my, in actually my neighborhood. Now the Keys may have had, there may have been some downpours and things like that, but we haven't had regular rain, a goodly amount of rain for over a month. And we've been in the... Uh, South Florida has been in a hundred degree area. That's what it feels like for 44, 45 days. Well, today it's cloudy and stormy. You hear a thunderstorm and it's been raining. It's the first day of lobster mini season. And you know what? This weather is good for the lobster. Now, if you're familiar with the spiny lobster, is which is the lobster you will find in South Florida in the Keys in the Caribbean, it's different from the cold water lobster. It doesn't have claws. It has antenna and the legs and all the meats in the tail. And uh, the way they uh, procreate, it's with a year, within a year, you can clean out almost all the lobster in the Keys because of the migration of the eggs for the, the lobster, that they repopulate almost the same each year. Now, I don't know what uh, the lobster population would be like because of the water temperature is so warm right now, so warm. And um, like I said, so I had, a, under previous understanding, I thought, if you fished out all, you know, you harvested all the lobsters around the Florida Keys, that there would uh, be no lobster the next year. Well, that isn't the case. It's not like regular fish because of the way the migration of the eggs, the way they come around in the currents and where they land and where they, they hatch and things like that, that next year, even if almost all the lobsters are taken out, there still would be a ton of them. And... I, I need, I guess, a further explanation of it, but it does seem like that, you know, every lobster season, it doesn't, it's not like the stone crab or the fish. 
They don't put limits on the crap. And down here, there's two schools of thought. And there could be probably, there probably are more schools of thought when it comes to lobster mini season. Lobster mini season is two days. It starts on midnight. I think it started midnight last night and ends midnight tomorrow night. Okay? So that's two days. And what happens is you get, uh, it's mainly a locals thing, even though there are people that do come down to South Florida for lobster season, but it's mainly a South Florida phenomena where people come down to the Keys. Now, they have the spiny lobster up in Fort Lauderdale and stuff like that, but obviously you have a much bigger pool of people that um, go into water for lobstering. So down here they come down and you have more coastline because we're an island going out of about 100 miles. There's a lot more uh, areas for people to harvest without being over-harvested. And that two days is... Um, Right when that's over, there's the commercial season. And I never really understood why we would give two to just anybody. And then the guys that make money on lobster, they get the sloppy seconds when everyone comes down here. You're limited to six lobsters per person a day. Now, we have to reiterate that it's lobster mini season not mini lobster season. The word order does matter because that there's a limit to the size. Uh, there's a size limit, meaning there's not a size to how big you can take, but it's a size to uh, how small. And yeah, it has to be large enough to har harvest. You can't take the, the, the young ones out. And you're not supposed to take the females either, the ones that are egg-bearing, because that's important for as I said earlier, it's very important for the next season. But what happens is people take undersized lobsters. They take six per person per trip. And there's a little trick they play. They take uh, maybe a cooler. They have two boats. They'll go out lobstering. You say you have three people on your boat. You get 18 lobster. When you get 18 lobster, you have another boat comes up. You unload the, the cooler with 18 lobster onto the other boat. Take the new cooler bag. And if the FWC or the authorities that investigate who's, uh, if the people are following the rules about the limits, they count the lobster and stuff like that. But if they catch the person with the cooler unloading at the dock, one person, 18, they could be fined because they'll just say, hey, listen, why wouldn't you just keep it with the people on the boat? Because once you reach three people, reach 18 lobster, what are you still doing out there? If that's your purpose, and why would you be bringing them in? I think that's good enough reason. I don't know if somebody, some lawyer would say, well, that's no proof of it. And I would just say that would be plenty for me. It would be proof of intent. Now, for a couple years, I said, you know, lobster season really doesn't help us economically. And I really would have to see the data for that. Because the people that come down here for, for lobsters, a lot of times they're just eating the lobsters. That's what they do. 
they come down here to eat the lobsters. They, they cook them and stuff. Sometimes they bring them. We get some people that come in with their own lobster. And we'll have it. We'll have it tonight. We'll have it tomorrow. But um, there, there's a, a line here. There's tons of people that don't come in. It doesn't seem, even though you see the waters are full of boats, the requisite increase in volume, whether in the restaurants or, or <clears throat> you, you see the grocery stores are loaded, but you don't see you don't see the restaurants packed. And do you know that 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 may be the thing? And there's a reasoning behind it because uh, they they had the mini season. Part of it was to increase commerce down here to you know help restaurants and lodging. Uh, you know, the tavern keepers and people that have the hotel, hotel owners, right? And if that isn't being helped, then what's the purpose of doing that? So people can have their lobster? I don't think so. I think it's probably best to have a commercial because the commercial lobstermen pay taxes and they make money and they spend it in the community. And if you have people that come down here, just take the lobster and leave, I don't think that really helps. And, but it's a state it's a state law, so there's very little that the locality can do to restrict that. But the one thing that can restrict lobstering is the weather. And as I said, we've had 44 days of super, you know, it's been hot, it's been steamy, and no rain. Well, I'll tell you what they have today, thunderstorms. And from all reports, people are still going out. I don't understand it. I would not be going out. I do not, I'm not a big fan of the taste of the Caribbean lobster. And that may piss off some people. I think it tastes like a big-ass shrimp. It's a little tough. It doesn't taste like cold-water lobster. And so, I, I, on the other hand, I don't get the allure of it. But we are here, and they call these people lobster mobsters, and they just go nuts over this stuff. They really do. I don't get it. Lobsters years ago, over 100 years ago, lobsters was what poor people ate, the cold water lobster. And then probably the, the Caribbean lobster. So if the cold water lobster was something they gave to prisoners, I mean, and then for some reason it became a delicacy. I think a lot of things that are delicacies were once considered garbage food, like oysters, right? Pate, the liver, the goose liver. Like when you, when people first started eating fowl, ducks, and things like that, people thought, well, we we're just eating the meat and stuff like that. And then someone decided to eat the liver and said, wow, if you cook this the right way, this is delicious. And they, you know, come up with pate foie gras. Foie gras. I guess we could do the whole thing where I could do a whole show where I'm trying to pronounce things. You know, with, you know, do tongue, uh, tongue twisters. But uh, I'm trying to get come up with a list of it. But there's so many things out there that were once considered the fair for the lower income people in the world is now considered haute cuisine lobsters oysters pate i'm sure they all started out it's garbage foods when i say garbage foods i don't mean to denigrate the species 
I'm just saying that's what, you know, wealthy people would only eat this. And then they decided we're going to eat that. And hence the spiny lobster. People go nuts about it, which I don't actually see as a big deal. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay the price that they're, um, they're, they're getting for it. It's crazy. It's more, I mean, I'd rather go for a steak. Obviously, I can't do the steak anymore. And I'm really, I'm not eating lobster much because what good eating lobster? You can't have it with melted butter. I'm watching my butter intake and things like that. So with this weather continuing, it's supposed to continue in the next two days. It's right now, I think, the temperature. Alexa, what's the temperature right now? It's 73 degrees Fahrenheit in the Florida Keys. We haven't saw, seen 73 as a low since, well, when was the last time it was 73 degrees in the Florida Keys, Alexa? Okay, she's not answering. Alexa, what was the last time it was below 75 in the Florida Keys? Alexa, can you answer that question? When was the last time it was 73 degrees? When was the last time a degree? Uh, I'm not going to ask that question. I wasted all this time. Alexa, when was the last time we had... Oh, no, that wasn't my question. Alexa, what are you talking about? When, Alexa, when was the last time the low temperature was 75 degrees? Oh, shut up. Come on. Alexa, when was the last time 75 degrees was recorded as a temperature in the Florida Keys? Oh, October. That was the average temperature, 75 degrees. I think we might have one. Well, that was the month of October. So I'm sure there was lower ones and higher ones. But so with these the storms and the rain, I wasted all this time asking Alexa thing. I'm hoping that the harvesting does not go well for the people that are down here and that their commercial guys have a boon of a harvest. And that's what I'm looking for. So I think I'm going to wrap this up because I am done. And I'm sorry for wasting your time when asking Alexa, thank you for the information. Now she's not even listening. Are you mad? Alexa, are you mad? Are you mad? Can you hear me? She's not even paying attention to me now. See what happened? I, I abused my power. Well, this is Jim the Keys bartender. I will be back. Bye.